Well, hello everybody and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for Wednesday, January the 24th, 2024. And I'm delighted to have this time with you. It's Wednesday, so tonight, 645, we will have our prayer meeting and Bible study as we continue along in the book of Hebrews together. And I am looking forward to that time. And if you're an old Providence person or you're in our area, we would absolutely love to have you as we do some in-depth study there of the book of Hebrews, but um, that's going to be a great time tonight. Also, lots of other things going on at Old Providence. Let me remind you, okay, I said it yesterday, but I'm going to say it again tomorrow too. This coming Lord's Day, this coming Sunday, January the 28th, we have our worship services at 9 and 11 a.m. Reason for this is that we're out of our sanctuary due to the um, refreshing project that has been going on for a few weeks now. They're painting in there, y'all. Oh, it looks marvelous. They're doing such a great job. But there's no pews at all. They, they've taken them up. To that end, when they took them up, they found um, flooring that was different than what we expected. And so this coming Sunday, we are having a congregational meeting at 1015 between the 9 service and the 11 service. One meeting so that everybody has a choice or, or, or a chance for their voice to be heard. And also we're not split up. It's just all of us going to be there together. So do plan to be there for that if you are a member especially. Now members are invited to stay, of course, but members, members, you can vote. So to that end, if you attend Old Providence and you're not a member and like to talk about that, please let me know and we will be just delighted to get you plugged in. Now, to the subject at hand. Acts chapter 19 is where we pick up today. If you watched yesterday's daily devotional, you know that yesterday, oh, we talked about all sorts of things like the work of the Holy Spirit and, and miracles, signs and wonders, and how God is responsible for these things, never the individual. Just like the individual doesn't baptize with the Holy Spirit, only God does. God is the one who provides the power for miracles, right? The glory goes to God, always, always, always. And also, yesterday, we found one of those, oh no, moments. I, oh, there's so many, oh no, moments where something happens. And just prior to it taking place, you hear, oh no. Um, that was in Acts chapter 19, uh, verse 14. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but you I do not know. Then the men who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Okay, oh no, and what we see here, y'all, there's a big difference between knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus, but also the motivation also, oh, there's so many applications to this, that we don't wield the Holy Spirit and that we don't have some power intrinsic to ourselves. Jesus is not just some talisman. The name of a famous preacher, or in this case, an apostle, is not an amulet. Demonic warfare, spiritual warfare, is real, and it's serious. Demonic actions are real and serious. To that end, we continue today. Um, and what we find is very interesting. Let's pray and then we'll dig in. Our God and our Father, we pray that you would be with us now and help us to not fall into the trap of reading scripture and thinking, oh my, that was just for them. You know, how archaic, how barbaric even that they would believe and do such things. 
Father, we know that what your word is pointing to here is the truth. Let us not be foolish and deny this spiritual warfare that takes on all around us. Let us not be foolish and deny demonic activity. Instead, let us recognize it for what it is. Let us recognize curses for what they are and get serious about our relationship with you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, in my prayer just now, I've revealed a little bit about where we are going today and some of the things that are being dealt with. But where we're picking up today is in Acts chapter 19, verse 17, which is the aftermath of this happening to the seven sons of Sceva, right? The, the screaming, bleeding, and naked thing, right? Where they're evoking the name of Jesus, but they don't know him. They're evoking the name of Paul, yet they don't follow any of Paul's teachings. We know that because they've rejected Jesus Christ. They're Jews. Their father is one of the chief priests. And now we see the aftermath of this. And it ain't all bad. In fact, the aftermath is very good indeed because people's eyes were open. The Lord used this as a way to work. What do I mean by that? Chapter 19 in the book of Acts, verse 17, it says, When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Now, pause right there for a second. Let's take that, that first terminology used there. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, the idea that you get there, you, know, you got the Jewish community, and then Greeks is the term used to describe everybody else. Read between the lines here. When this happened to the sons of Sceva, word got out fast, okay? Word got out fast. Um, not only do you have demonic activity being talked about, but let's just be honest, right? It's one guy with an evil spirit. This is how we know that he actually has an, a, a demonic spirit, right? That he, he is possessed by an evil spirit, by a demon, okay? Because he's one guy, but he's overpowered all seven of these men, and he beat them so badly that they run from the house screaming, bleeding, and naked. That kind of thing gets around especially when the bleeding and naked men are the sons of the high priest. You know what's fascinating is things don't change. Things don't change. People have this false idea of what it means to belong to God, of what it means to be righteous, of what it means to be blessed. And it's the same idea that applies to cult leaders, right? I watched this documentary not too long ago. It's called The Way Down, and it's about the um, Remnant Fellowship. I believe it's in Nashville. Yeah, it's in Nashville, Tennessee. Gwen Shamblin, right? It's a cult. They deny the Trinity. It, it is a cult. They, they, as one commentator wrote, the man who tries to understand the Trinity will lose his mind, but the man who denies it will lose his soul. And that's not the only problem that they have, but it was led, I say was, because she and her, her, uh, her co-conspirator in adultery, her husband that she divorced her first husband for, right? Um, they died in a plane crash. Um, but anyway, she was a cult leader, and <clears throat> all of this, uh, I, I, I'm mentioning all of this to say that she is a prime example of what would have been the mindset back then. Back then, when something like this happens, it shouldn't happen to the sons of the high priest. Shouldn't happen to sons of chief priest, right? And he even had seven sons. That's the perfect number, y'all. They're supposed to be the blessed ones. 
In the same way, um, I watched this cult uh, documentary about the way down, and it still exists, by the way. If you're if you're connected to Remnant Fellowship in any way, it was basically this idea that if you're following God, then you're going to lose weight. And um, y'all, as one who has struggled with weight loss his entire life, let me tell you, that's hot garbage. But but all of that being said, something bad happened in their family, and it was just this huge scandal in the church. Because when you're blessed, right, when you're too blessed to be stressed, bad things aren't supposed to happen to you, right? That doesn't really match up with what the Bible says, but that, that's the pre prevalent thought, okay? That would have been the prevalent thought here, too, even though it's 2,000 years ago. These sort of things don't happen to, to, to the sons of Sceva. He's one of the chief priests of all the priests. He's one of the biggest, best, and all seven of them. So this got people to thinking. The Lord used this to make an impact on people. And I know that I knocked it yesterday, right? Because I said that it was sensationalized. You know, I talked about the Exorcist movie. But the reality is, is that the Lord used that movie in a lot of ways. You can go back. I don't remember the year that it came out, um, 70s, um, maybe early 80s. I think it was the 70s anyway. And when the book came out even prior to that, there were a lot of people that, that read that and got into that and, and said that they came under conviction and the Lord used that. Um, so that's the Lord's business, how he uses things like this. But how he used it here in the book of Acts is that, again, we just read it. The second part of verse 17, talking about all the people, the Jews and the Greeks, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because think about what we read that happened with the sons of Sceva. Didn't they use the name of the Lord Jesus? Yes. Didn't they use the name of Paul? Yes. And what happened to them? They took a beating of a lifetime, a beating that went down in history for one of the worst beatings of all time. How would they hold Jesus' name in high honor? Well, because they told people what the demon said. There were witnesses that the demon knew Jesus. The demon knew of Paul. But the demon didn't know them, you see. And so the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean that Jesus was disrespected? No. Held in high honor means people came to know the Lord. How do we know this? Verse 15, many, or excuse me, verse 18, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. What does that mean? A number who had practiced sorcery, brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Okay, now you might say, well, what's a, what's a drachma, right? A drachma, um, there's other terms used that, you know, you've heard denarii or denarius, right? A drachma was a silver coin that was equivalent to one day's wage. Okay, so when you added up the total value of all of these scrolls and things that were brought to be burned in public, it was worth 50,000 days wages. Okay, we're not talking about piddly stuff here. And we're also not talking about, you know, um, kiss CDs and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But the reason that we know that people are coming to the Lord over this is because you see a change and you see something important here. Earlier when I prayed, I prayed that the Lord would not let us fall into the trap of reading this and saying, oh, 
those barbaric people. Whoo, how silly they were. I'm glad that we're so much more advanced today. No, no, no. Y'all, what you see here is people recognizing that spiritual warfare exists. You see people holding Jesus' name in high honor. Some people come to know the Lord, and some people that profess belief in the Lord got serious about their relationship with him. And what does that mean? First, it means confessing evil deeds. Now, that's a broad term used there. That could mean all sorts of things. But then when the very next verse talks about people bringing, uh, people who practice sorcery, bringing their scrolls together and burning them publicly, this means that confession of evil deeds, a lot of these had to do with witchcraft. A lot of these had to do with sorcery. And when people either A, became followers of Christ, they got rid of that stuff, or B, who claimed to be followers of Christ, when they got serious about their relationship with them, they got rid of that stuff. Now, I got to talk about two things. I'll, I'll talk about the burning the CD thing in just a moment. But first thing, let's talk about sorcery. Now, one of the reasons, and again, I prayed that the Lord wouldn't let us fall into this, but one of the reasons that people read things like this and they say, oh, come on, are you kidding me? Sorcery, witchcraft, that's Harry Potter. And everybody knows that magic isn't real. Everybody knows that there's no such thing as sorcery. You're talking about psychics? Yeah, come on. You're talking about that dude that was on TV and he'd walk around the room and he'd say, I, I see the color, the color red. And... Uh, you know, you hear like, <laughs> behind him is like, my father chewed big red gum. That's it, you know, and, 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 he'd, and he'd do this thing, right? His name was Jonathan Edwards, and he was super duper popular. But it was ludicrous, y'all. And people take things like that, and they, they apply it to, to this, and they say, come on, everybody knows that sorcery isn't real. Do you know that? Um, don't we have examples very early in God's word of sorcerers being real? And I'm not talking about illusionist. I'm not talking about the pick a card, any card and sleight of hand stuff. Remember what happened in Egypt? Moses threw down a staff. It turned into a snake. <clears throat> what did Pharaoh's magicians do? Theirs did the same. They threw down their staffs and it turned into snakes. It just so happened that Moses is eight theirs, right? They didn't plan on that, but they're sorcerers, okay? Earlier in the book of Acts, Simon the sorcerer, he was really a sorcerer, and no, this is not parlor tricks. The witch at Endor, one of the most puzzling passages in all of God's word back in Samuel, right? After, after Saul is told that he's going to lose the kingdom, Samuel dies. He goes to the witch at Endor, and he has the witch, a medium, bring back Samuel. And it's Samuel that he's talking to. How does this happen? I don't know. But let me tell you something. The position of the Bible is that sorcery is real. Witchcraft is real. Necromancy, mediums, all these people are real. And the reason we know that they're real is because God calls these things abominations. God calls these things heinous. So if you have concluded that these things aren't real, everybody knows they're not real, I guess you've got one up on God, don't you? Is your understanding better than his? What the world is really like out there? I'm not trying to be ugly here or anything, but y'all, 
it's this this human centric view of the universe, and indeed we are the pinnacle of God's creation. Psalm eight. I'm not denying any of that, but the Enlightenment, in a lot of ways, didn't do us any favors. It did some marvelous favors in terms of technology and medical advancement and all that kind of stuff. That's marvelous. But this idea that we've just got everything figured out, that we made the world so small. You know, look at the result of this. There's no wonder anymore. There's no amazement. There's no supernatural anymore for so many people. Everything, oh, it's science. And people act like they worship science. And we know so little science. Granted, we know more than we did, but we understand so little. We live in a world, and I tell Isabella this all the time, because I don't want her to grow up and be one of these cynical people that thinks that this stuff isn't real. Not only do I not want her to be cynical because I don't want her to miss the world, at the same time, I want her to be aware that demonic activity is real, and I want her to guard herself. But I wanted to be in a world full of wonder because it is a world where magic is real, a world where we don't have an explanation for everything. This is an example of that. And you might say, oh, okay, you know, whatever. The reason I say that, that I want Isabella to be on guard is because there's a wonderful example that applies here to something that is not as popular as it once was, but in some ways, the subject itself is far more popular than it's ever been. You know, when we're talking about these people gathering up their scrolls, the idea that we get is that what do these contain? Spells, potions, probably. Practices, yes. Uh, black mass worship services where they're not worshiping Satan, but but worshiping ancestors, probably. Y'all, that stuff exists all over the world. Go to Africa. I mean, it's there actively. Human sacrifice is there in the name of witchcraft. But also, think about here. Think about the stuff that swirls around us. Think about people that are dedicated to their horoscopes. That's demonic activity, y'all. It really is. It's, it, it's sorcery. And if that's you, like these people that got serious about their relationship with the Lord, you need to repent of that. And you need to put that stuff away. Think about Ouija boards. And y'all, you hear all the time, oh, it's just fake. Somebody's always moving the plachette. That's the little the little window thing. Somebody's always moving it around. It's just a party game, you know. Let me tell you something. It's not fake. I'm sure that sometimes it is fake, but y'all, Ouija boards are a portal to demonic activity. And what's revealed here is very important about demonic activity and, and especially curses and things that people need to repent of to get right with the Lord and to remove those curses from their lives. If you're a follower of Christ, if you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, no evil spirit can possess you because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Outright demonic possession is not possible for Christians, but demonic oppression is. Demonic activity attaching itself to you as a curse is absolutely real. And if you've ever been involved in things from Ouija boards to horoscopes to even people, there's some people that focus so much on luck and superstition, that just dribbles into the areas of sorcery, right? Where if you see a black cat, you got to cross it or, or, or put the evil eye on it. That, that's what this is talking about. It's dabbling in the supernatural other than relying on the Lord. And if you've done that, 
And you need to think because this might be, yeah, well, I did that, but that was 50 years ago when I was a kid. I was only 13 years old. You need to repent of that because a paradigm is given to us here. All those that were involved in that business recognized that, that Jesus' name should be held in high honor, that it was an abomination, it was wickedness to the Lord, and they needed to confess it and they needed forgiveness for it. But also, they recognized that demonic activity is real. And then pretending that it wasn't does them nothing but harm. Um, now, that's a paradigm that we see released here, or that we see revealed here. Very important that, that, that this is something we take up. But let's say, let, let's talk about what this isn't, okay? People have taken this just like they've taken all sorts of other Bible passages and they've misused it, okay? They've misused it for basically fundamentalist, uh, legalist activity. You know, we're going to come together and we're going to do a, a burning of our CDs, right? Or we're going to burn DVDs. It's, it's hard to do that now because they're hardly selling any CDs. They're selling more vinyl records now than they are CDs. But you know what I'm talking about, you know, book burnings, all these different things. Y'all, there's a big difference between something that is secular and something that is demonic. And in the same way that you shouldn't deny demonic activity and just pass it off as nothing, also, you shouldn't amplify it so much that everything is demonic activity, that every light bulb that goes out is a demon, that every possible thing that is secular is demonic, and it doesn't matter who it is or what kind of music it is. The only thing that is allowed is this right here, and then the only place I can go is this place right there because I've heard that they have ties to this. Remember, Paul's talking about going to Rome, okay, um, as we'll, we'll see eventually. But he's talking about going to Rome where they're eating meat sacrificed to idols. There's a difference between secular and witchcraft, secular and sorcery. Don't deny sorcery and witchcraft, but at the same time, don't amplify it so that it's the boogeyman everywhere, okay? There's a lesson for us here. Now, um, what's the end result of this? You know, they're burning the, the scrolls, acts of sorcery. Verse 20, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Y'all, it comes down to this. When God's people, it's interesting, when God's people get serious about their relationship with the Lord, when they confess what they ought to confess, when they break these curses that can attach to us, that's when the word of the Lord spreads because it results in changed people. And it results in people on the outside looking in and saying, I don't know what they have, but I need it. And the Lord using that as a means to spread his word. Verse 21, after all this happened, Paul de decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. Now, this is just a setup for what we're doing next. But y'all, what we should see here, what our devotional thought should be is, we need to get serious about our relationship with the Lord. If there's something lurking out there that you need to take to the Lord and seek forgiveness from, if there's demonic activity in your life that you need deliverance from, start at the start with confession and realize that as it was with this demon that gave the seven sons of Sceva a beating of a lifetime, so it is with demonic activity in your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The power of Christ in our lives through his Holy Spirit is unmatched. But you got to start at the start. Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank you so much for this time and for your word. And again, let us not look at this as barbaric or silly, but instead let us be real about what's going on in the world around us. And if we'll really look, it becomes more and more obvious that, that there's demonic activity all over the place. We can't control everything around us, but we can look at our own hearts. We can confess to you. We can seek your face. And Father, we pray that as a result of doing this, as it was then, so it will be now, that the word Christ would spread. And we pray it all in his name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we will be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, I hope you all have a very wonderful Wednesday. Take care.